0: Today's scripture is from the book of 1 John, chapter 4, verses 13 through 21. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent His Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God and that and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, And whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. The word of God for the people of God.
1: Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Last week, Pastor Dale and Pastor Reed kicked off our sermon series for the month of August, a series about community. And as we move through the rest of this month, we want to focus on four specific characteristics of community. The first characteristic we are looking at this morning is presence. A community needs to be present with one another. It's a pretty basic principle, really. It is practically a part of the definition of community. I looked up community, and here are a few definitions I found. A community is people with common interests living in a particular area. A community is a group of people with a common characteristic or interest living together within a larger society. And here's the one that I really like, especially for this week. A community is an interacting population of various kinds of individuals in a common location. An interacting population. Presence presence is the key to community. If we are not with one another, after all, if we are not present together, are we really a community? This week, as I prepared for this morning, of course, I had all of these thoughts of community swirling around in the background of my mind, and something that I heard in a book that I'm listening to really stood out to me. It just captured my imagination. It is a quote from Henry David Thoreau's Walden, although the book I'm listening to isn't Walden, it just quoted it. Now Walden, as many of you may know, is the account of Thoreau's time spent largely in solitude in a tiny cabin on Walden Pond. And here's what Thoreau wrote. I had three chairs in my house, one for solitude, two for friendship, three for society, three chairs, one for solitude, two for friendship, three for society. Now, when I heard this, I couldn't help but think about where we started our sermon series last week, when we looked at the Trinity as a model of community. Now, for those of you who were either with us in person at 11 last week, or maybe watched online, you heard Pastor Dale talk about this idea by meditating on the representation of the triune God as seen in this painting by Rublev. Now in this painting, three figures are present, one representing God the Father, another the Son, and another the Spirit. Three distinct figures, each who looks similar, but they are different, Three distinct figures, no one is more important than any other. Three distinct figures facing each other, engaging with each other, present with each other. Three distinct figures at a table where there is a place for each of us to imagine ourselves. Three distinct figures representing a God who is not in solitude, who is not merely in friendship, but who is in society, in community, within the Godhead and with us. This is a model of our God, and this is a model of who he calls us to be at the table with God and with each other. Now today's scripture is from the letter of 1st John the letter was written to either one church or more likely to several churches who were in a crisis they were in a crisis of division several people who had once been part of these communities had left and as is often the case as they left they said a few things that made the ones who remained behind feel a little unsure about what it was that they believed. The letter does not have any new information for these churches, but instead it simply emphasizes what they already knew and believed, what had brought them together as communities of faith in the first place. In short, the letter is doing the holy work of damage control. It is reiterating to them what they believe to be true. And maybe more importantly, it reminds them that God is with them. Now I want to read those opening verses of our scripture again. And I want you to be alert to those words that Ms. Berta pointed out during Children's Moment. The word abide, which to me speaks of presence. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father has sent his son as the savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the son of God and they abide in God. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. God abides in us, and we in him. Remember, church, the author of this letter is saying, Remember, we are the people who sit at a table with God. But it doesn't stop there. Because true faith does not stop simply when we pull up to the table next to God. Living in faith goes beyond being part of that vertical love that is shared between Creator and created, Savior and saved, Spirit and host. Living in faith means loving, and not just loving God, but loving each other. God is love. The author of today's scripture tells his hearers, tells us today, God is love, and God's love is, as Tim Mackey, the writer and creative director for the Bible Project, puts it, God's love is creative, life-giving, other-centered love. The last verses of today's passage are the ones that pack the hardest punch present the biggest gut check for us today. It says, Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or a sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The truth is this. Even if we are pulled up to the table with our Creator, Savior, Spirit, God, even if we are the very bestest of best friends with God, even if Jesus has completely been given the wheel, even if the Spirit guides our every thought and action, even if this is so, particularly if this is so, the challenge of living a Christ-like life is in living it with others who also have a place at the table with God. Sometimes right next to us. Hear part of today's passage again, this time as translated by Eugene Peterson in the message. If anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love the God he can't see? The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love God both. You've got to love both. We are called to be people who not only sit at the table with God, but who also sit at the table with each other, both and. And just as it is very hard to love God if you don't spend time in his presence, it is very, very hard to love others if you don't spend time in their presence. A community, again, per that definition, is an interacting population of various kinds of individuals in a common location. We must be present with one another to be a community, an interacting population. We must be present with one another to love in God's way of loving, creatively, in life-giving ways, in ways that are not focused on self, but are focused on others. Barbara Brown Taylor is one of my favorite authors, and she writes about the spiritual practice of encountering others, of being in community, in her book, An Altar in the World. She wisely points out that one of the most life-giving aspects of community is that it saves us, from the temptation of believing that we are self-sufficient. Community gives us a place to tell our stories, and maybe more importantly, gives us a place to hear other stories. It is a place to forget ourselves. It is a place where we can learn to stop being so self-absorbed. Community is a place where we have the opportunity to look another person in the eye And as Taylor writes, to look them in the eye, not as someone that you can use, fix, help, save, enroll, convince, or control, but simply as someone who can spring you from your prison of yourself, if you will allow it. When we are really and truly present with one another, when we accept that every other person as Taylor writes, has no substitute, is someone who can never be replaced, is someone whose heart holds things which there is no language for, whose life is to us an unsolved mystery, when this is the way that we allow ourselves to be present to and for and with each other, Well, this is where we are well and truly pulled up to the table, present with both God and each other, in a community of love which can change the world. But we have to show up. We have to be present, really present with God and with each other, both, and. It is the kingdom way. I am reminded every time I'm in this place how richly blessed I am to be a part of this community. And I hope that you each feel that way too. But if you find yourself struggling with this, if you need a way to be more plugged in, so that you might find a richer, more connected experience here at Alabaster First, please reach out to one of your pastors, and we would be happy to help you find a community within this community. Small groups are going on all year long, but more are about to start at the beginning of September. Maybe one of those is your place Or maybe you can find community by participating in a service project, either a short-term or a long-term service project. Or by using your gifts and talents in worship or somewhere behind the scenes. In the bulletins this morning, for those of you who are here, there is a long list of things, a long list of ways that you can get plugged in and find community. There is a place for you to find connection and community in the presence of God and among others. Let us help you find it. May we together be a blessing to one another, to our shared community here, and to all of those different communities that we each find ourselves a part of outside of this church. And may all that we do be done with the creative, life-giving, other-centered love of God in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, as equipped and sent as only the Holy Spirit can do. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the model of community that you have given to us. It is one that we find hard to understand, but at the same time, we see a place for us at the table that you have set. We thank you for the opportunity and the challenge of being in community with one another. People who look and act differently from us, but when we look them in the eyes and we see the way that they are gifted differently from us and we see how we can work together as a team, we know that with you and each other, there is nothing we can't do. Fill us all with that spirit of yours, Lord, and help us to answer every nudge that you place on our lives as we go out into this world, making community wherever we find ourselves. In your Son's name we pray. Amen.